When you pick a card, you already know what's going to happen. That's why it doesn't work online. That's why you never see a magician doing a card trick game viral. Because if you say pick a card, you know the magician is going to get it. So you're not interested. Next. And I'm going to watch a video about uh, artificial intelligence, for example. That's more interesting. Mm. They're guys. They do magic. They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 130. Can you believe it? We're here again for another banger. To my left, I've got Nick K. Good evening, friends, and welcome to the show. Yeah, and Doug Khan is away lecturing, being a magical wizard professor himself. So he's not here today, but I know he he is here in spirit and he will be probably popping up in the comments below. But uh, look, you guys are not here to talk to us, but um, we're going to be here anyway because it's our podcast. <laughs> but um, how are you, Nick, anyway, before we jump straight into this? It has been a today? wonderful week. Oh, so good today. It's been a wonderful yeah. week. I had like six gigs over the weekend. It was so busy. I'm entirely stoked about our guest today. I could have been, yeah. you look in the comments, people are equally as excited as I am. I'm so pumped to be here. I'm loving it. So you guys already know who this is. He's one of the most viewed magicians online in the world. Not only that, but, you know, he's done the actual magician dream, which is to have a show in Vegas. He's touring. He's done it all. He's from France. That just makes it, you know, even better. And we're going to bring him on right now, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Xavier Mortimer. Here he is in the flesh. Hi, guys. <laughs> a big, big thank you for making time for us today. We can totally appreciate it. a man of your stature having the schedule that you have being so entirely busy. So a big thank you from not only us magic guys, but all the magic guys and girls watching the show. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I wish I could go to Australia and do it with you guys. <laughs> you are Yay. welcome anytime, my friend. I have a couch. It's yours. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember this was like six years ago or maybe longer, but have, have you toured Australia? I seem to remember a flyer of yours in Brisbane and the promo was you like sideways on a wall or something. Does that ring a bell? Oh, no, no, I, I never toured Australia. I went to Adelaide a long time ago, but that's it. Adelaide. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was a newspaper article. I remember seeing something and I was like, who <laughs> is this guy? <laughs> was that was that part of the Fringe Festival by chance when you were in um, Adelaide? Yeah, I, I was uh, I was there for the festival, but I I was twenty and it was a long time ago, so uh, no big fancy stuff. And but I loved it. I really love Australia. I was listening to your podcast you did with uh, a Las Vegas uh, interviewer, and he was talking about how you from France you came to the US to do the Michael Jackson one. It was, was that the timeline of what happened? Or you'd yeah, come here before that? I started much before that. I had my own show in France and uh, I went on France Got Talent. I was uh, uh, I was doing good and Cirque du Soleil was like, hey, would you like to be in a, in a show with us? It's funny because actually I was in the theater school in France. I, I did the clown school. Uh, and, um, and at the clown school, there was uh, this poster of Cirque du Soleil saying, hey, we're looking for people. And I was like, I don't know, I was 20 or 21. I was like, this is never going to happen to me. It's too big. It's, it's like Cirque du Soleil, you know? <laughs> and 10 years later, they just call me and they're like, do you want to be main character in our show? I was like, what? <laughs> That's amazing. One of the things that I'm truly in awe of is that you are so well-versed in more than one facet of entertainment. For example, you can dance, you can, you could do clowning and everything else. Uh, one of the questions that was sent in by one of our guests was, what do you think? as far as maybe five skill sets that a performer should have. I mean, magic is one thing, but I think that it goes a lot beyond that. You, should you be able to improvise? Should you be able to act? Should you focus on breath? Like if you're doing more Ovner type learning of clowning, could you please share the five skills that you think all great performers <laughs> like yourself should have? Well, I think it depends mostly on what format you're using. If you're performing theater, if, you, uh, if you're performing from the camera, if you do close-ups type of things, there's different like skills that you can get. Uh, for example, if you're on stage, and this is what I started, I went on stage when I was uh, like 14, 15 with my first magic show, and I I filmed myself. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I was like, you, you need to learn how to dance. You need to, to move your body so it's like beautiful to look, you know. And so I went to the, the, the ballet dance with the kids and everything. And I, I mean, I was already, I, I, I was passionate about music and the arts of uh, the, the stage in general. So I, I had conscience, uh, I was conscious of like, you, the magic is just a little part that is on top of it. And, and it's real for stage, but for every uh, aspect of magic, the magic is just a little cherry on top of like who you are and your character. So mm -hmm. I learned dancing and then uh, I was pretty good with my body after a few years, and <clears throat> I did a, I was a, I did a, a residency in a theater in the, in France, and the guy was like, "Yeah, your magic's pretty cool, but man, your acting." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna learn acting." So I went to the the, the clown school uh, in uh, in Paris, in London too, and I I spent a year just I stopped my shows and I just learned like. Uh, how to act and be physical on stage. And I think like <clears throat> music is going to give you the rhythm for your act. Like if you have the music, you're going to find the tempo of your beats because what's important when you have any performance on camera or on stage is the beats. It's how you maintain the attention of the audience, how you tell your story. So music gave me the beats, dance gave me the uh, uh, elegance of uh, the body, uh, and acting gave me the relationship with the public, the, the audience, or who I am, who, what, what do I want to say? So basically I was, I, 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 I started with those three pillars that gave me, uh, uh, that uh, made me who I am now. So there's music, there's dance. And acting. And acting. So that's really interesting because I, I was never professionally trained in, in like the form of acting or whatever else, but I do have a wonderful mentor who um, did study cl um, chlamydia and, and, you know, is actually aspiring to go to Japan and do more training of that nature. And the thing is you can really seek these types of like influence from everywhere. Cause when I was doing my first real show at a magic festival at the Melbourne magic festival, I studied and watched lots of cartoons and one in particular was um, Horton Hears a Who. And I just loved the way that all of the characters moved in that way. Because when you're looking at an elephant who doesn't really have a great range of movement, being able to actually present themselves quite funny. Like, so when you start looking at that sort of thing, and then, and more importantly, going with, um, with breath as well, also equally as important, um, that's, that's really fascinating to actually do all that. But the thing is, you don't have to go to a proper school to do that. You just got to look around and understand yeah. that and just take the advice from good people like Xavier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, when I remember when we, would, when we were chatting a few weeks ago, Xavier, you mentioned, because we're talking about musicality. Yeah. Are, you allowed, are you allowed to talk about what happened at uh, the Michael Jackson one in, in, in regards to like when they needed to reconstruct okay. the... <laughs> that, that was that was really cool. interesting. Uh, so I, I I write all all of my music. And so for my shows, I I was used to like go with the beats and say this is what I want. It has to go slow and fast, and then go into a little thing. So <clears throat> I went into the Michael Jackson show and I said, look, I have already my music for my dancing cane and my acts. And uh, they say, yeah, but we have to use Michael Jackson music. They used uh, 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 Billie Jean for me. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I'm going to be the <laughs> biggest act in the entire thing. But now the, the estate of Michael Jackson comes and says, Billie Jean is uh, too big for a, a, a magic and comedy act. So we would like Billie Jean to be respected as something like much bigger than that. So you can't do that. It was two days or three days before mm. the show, by the way. Great. <laughs> so they say, okay, we have an idea. We have an idea. We, we have the, the, another song that we can give you. And they sent me the song. I said, that song, I can't do anything with that. Uh, however, if you want, we can reorganize the whole song and make it like, like a box. It was a black box like this. It was protected against uh, all like um, uh, radiation, like uh, Bluetooth. And so no one could get into that box. It was so protected. And they plug it internally to the computer that, that got cut from the internet. And, and you could see that this thing is so precious, you know. And they opened the file and it was 
all of the tracks of Michael singing just alone, and then the guitar boom, 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 and then the drums. It was amazing. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and the guy was sit down. <laughs> he's, he's, he's an amazing Ke- Kevin Antunes. He was the the editor for Michael Jackson. And we sit down and say, so what do you want? I was like, okay, drums, uh, guitar, stop, and voice, yet yeah, chorus, pop, pop, pop. And I <laughs> literally like directed the Michael Jackson song. You just rocked up to a Billy Jean buffet and said, I'll have some of this, I'll have some yes. of that. You just filled your plate and made your own meal. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I, I wow. made a made a song of Michael Jackson. I even did the, the sound effect myself on the song. Was, oh my it, God. It, yeah. He, Lo- yeah, Michael's a genius. I, I really enjoy his work. And I was like, wow, that's that's crazy to be able to to touch something like that. <laughs> to have like that, the master of his work and then yeah. have all the individual layers of his voice and, and just construct yeah. that. That is ridiculous. You hear him. I, you could hear him like just alone in his headphones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Far out. That's just that's the greatest. Insane. I, so, I had something similar happen to me a little while ago. I used to be in the audio world, and we actually got original tracks of Killer Queen by Queen. Oh, nice. Wow. That was pretty special to see every single That's individual. One, two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the level of harmonies they have. It's really exceptional when you think of that, that sort of thing. So the thing about music is um, that I think is sort of pertinent is that I was in a band for 10 years before I got into Magic. So my question to you is that my relationship with music into magic is that I think of like my slights uh, in a close-up setting, for example, my slights are kind of like my chords that I play as I go through my routine and my banter and my jokes and things of that nature are kind of like my lyrics and I slow things up and things down a little bit and I sort of jazz in between some bits as well. This is my relationship with music. Do you identify with that at all? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's uh, it's a little bit different, like depending on what uh, what format you work on. But yeah, it's totally that. It's, it's amazing. Like you know, like I said, give the music is gonna give you the beats of what you do, and you know when you can hide something, you know when you can palm something because you know at that time you get their attention and you know where it is. So and and you owe that to music. I give, I believe. Yeah, music and magic so close. Yeah. And so how long were you in the Michael Jackson one show? Was it five? Uh, three no, years. Three? Yeah, yeah. I three. had my own show for seven years, less the pandemic, which was like a year and a few months. Yeah, and we, we can't just skim over that. I mean, you've done literally what, you know, every magician grows up thinking like, oh, I want to be in Vegas, you know. <laughs> Compared to that dream of what everyone thinks it is, what what is the actuality? Like, was it what you had hoped it to be? I mean, obviously doing shows with an audience is amazing, but like, I imagine there's a lot more work that comes with that and stress than maybe meets the eye. Yeah. Vegas is, um, is, a, is, is, is an interesting place now. It's not what it used to be. So, uh, basically what we saw from what we see from Vegas is, uh, all these, uh, old performers that were paid tons of money, millions of dollars to uh, perform in a hotel. This, uh, does not exist anymore. And that was a time where the mafia was running the hotels and they wanted the, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the truth. I mean, <laughs> and they wanted the best entertainment. So they would just like, yeah, how much do you want? We're going to put a production show. You want tigers? Sure. And now the business has changed where Vegas has become more corporates and they're like, yeah, how much tickets can you sell? We're going to give you a, a share of those tickets. And that's basically how Vegas is run today. And it makes it a little more difficult for performers. I mm. love being in Vegas because basically you stay at home, you do your projects, you do whatever you want to do. And at night you go to the show, everything's ready. You have your team, you get back home like five minutes after the show, throw your costume out. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's the beauty of it. You don't have to go through security. You don't have to like get your passport. Uh, you just go to the theater and people travel to come see you, which is the beauty of it. But the reality is less glamorous than we think. It's a lot of work. You have, I had to take care of all the marketing. I had to rent the room. I had to pay uh, the, the empl- my employees, the employees of the theater that uh, often are a union. 
So it's uh, uh, it's another like you know uh, thing to add where you have to hire that amount of people. That, you know, there's, so there's a lot of things, and a lot of people broke their teeth uh, in Vegas <laughs> and big mm-hmm. names. Um, and I, I, I mean, I enjoy it. I, 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 I want to keep doing it, uh, but I love being on tour and I love doing my videos too. So, um, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to manage all these things because at some point there's one thing too with Vegas that I realized after being here for six years is that in the magic world, it's amazing because you have your show in Vegas. But in the outside world, the real world, you kind of disappear in the end because it's like when you're on social media today, I'm on social media and millions of people are watching like even right now. And people say, oh, this this guy is doing some amazing magic and they discover me. Who are you? Where are you from? Mm. And I have comments that say, hey, where is Chris Angel, by the way? You know, and. He, he was like, yeah, he, he, he had a momentum on TV and then you have your show in Vegas and you just go to work. You know, it's, you don't you don't become a star in Vegas. You are in Vegas because you are a star. Wow. That's a great way of putting it. You don't go there to be a star. You go there once you are a star. Not anymore. Yeah. It used to be the case. Lance right, Burton, right. Fred and Roy, they used to have that. Like I said, they had the hotels behind them. They had... Mm. And also the, the business in Vegas has changed a lot, not just because of the corporate aspect of the hotels, but um, today uh, the, 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 the audience that goes to Vegas used to be a, a family audience. They used to want to attract family audience. That's why the magic show was so important because they, they, they would say uh, they, they, they would want to attract this kind of audience as either older or more family. But now it's, 30 years old that's going to buy a bottle of champagne in a nightclub. And this is the audience that they want now. And this is sports, nightclubs, headliners. Uh, When I say headliners, Mm. it's big headliners like, you know, Katy Perry and stuff. Um, Mm. But the live shows, the entertainment uh, has taken a huge hit in these past years and the COVID didn't uh, help. (laughs) So, so basically, ne- your next goal is to become a DJ <laughs> yeah. in Vegas. <laughs> I re- oh, man. Hey, look. I always say that, like, why? Why did we just choose to be a magician? I should have been a lawyer or whatever, you know. <laughs> but we love it. We love doing it. No, that's why. Yeah, we yeah, love it. Yeah. It's so, fun. Oh, wow. Well, so is that is that kind of what flipped a switch into you going into the social media realm? Like, in uh, terms of marketing? Yeah, no, the, the switch was here a long time ago. I saw already like in 2016 or uh, 14 when uh, there was YouTube already and YouTube was kind of like, okay, we can do some things, and, but they didn't monetize anything. So you, you could put your video, but you wouldn't make money. So I couldn't understand the, the, the economy of it. But then they started to monetize. And at the same time, Facebook was like, hey, we're going to do the same. And Instagram started to say, hey, you can post videos on our platform. And suddenly everyone realized that people want to consume entertainment on social media. And what happens is 10 years later, you realize that not only they won't, but they leave TV for that. And now they watch TV while they're watching their social media things. It's crazy. So the thing is, uh, uh, there were... There was no economy at the time, but in 2018, 2019, like the economy like started to really be strong on social media. I was like, yeah, that's that's really good, and you can have lots of uh, a reach. And and I met uh, Rick Lax, uh, who told me, hey, you should open a TikTok uh, because it's a thing for kids. No one's on there because I w- I was on Instagram and. I was like, ah, if I post my videos, because I have ideas, but magicians, they're going to say, oh, it's not the way to do magic. And I was afraid of it. And Rickler said, hey, open a TikTok account. There's only kids over there. There's no magician. So post whatever you want to do. And I was like, okay, sure. And I, and I start to upload my videos on TikTok. And it was in 2019. No one knew about TikTok. And then 2020 arrives and everything shuts down. And I'm, I was home doing nothing. So... Like, okay, let's film more videos and videos started to hit and hit more. And then I start to not only understand what is going to uh, get the the audience because it it looks like it's easy, but it's not. Mm. Uh, It's very, very like there's a lot of things that you need to understand to, to do that. 
And um, and but once you understand, you're like, yeah, that's that's how we do it. That's that's easy. But it's not. Oh. I'm 20%. Man, I should charge my phone. Anyways. <laughs> That's okay. Do you need a break for a second while, while you no, grab no, your, no, no, your no, charger? No, I'm going to finish my story and yes, uh, then I'm going to go grab a... <laughs> um, so, yeah, but you, I started to understand. Not only I understood, but also I started to get the money from it. Uh, and, and at first I was doing little stuff in the street. I was going to Walmart. I was going to the park and doing little stuff that doesn't cost me anything and I financed with the, the money that I was making on the show but then I saw the money I was like oh that's pretty good why, <laughs> the, no but why don't I reinvest all that money into making something crazy and bigger and better and I come to see uh, my friend Joaquin Ayala who's building big illusions they're very expensive <laughs> but he's amazing because every time I have an idea he's like yeah we can try to do that and wow. <clears throat> And I say, hey, I want to do that illusion on, for social media. I'm going to spend $6,000 on this. And I don't care if I get it back because my last video made that. And I was like, okay. And we do the video. And the video got crazy, crazy. Three, 400 million views. And I get 10 times what I spent. And this is amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then I call and I'm like, let's build some illusions, man. This is this is the best thing. And 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 that thing, that that idea of like invest in what you do to be better and bigger, it, it, I didn't invent it. Like if you see like people like Mr. Beast, that's what they do. They make a mm -hmm. million dollars on a video and they put it back, you know, into the, the mix and you know, and for me what drove me was not I'm gonna make so much money, was hey, I'm gonna do something I'm gonna be proud of. What an exceptional story. Now, I, I know that you, you need a quick moment to um, get your uh, power plug into the phone. Yeah. So go ahead and do that. And we'll politely mention <laughs> our wonderful sponsor, um, uh, Piper Magic. So uh, for the sake of time this week, we want to spend as much time with Xavier as possible. So rather than doing a review, we just want to mention that there is a 50% off sale at pipermagic.com.au in which there is an abundance of products. So please take it upon yourself to scope out pipermagic.com.au after the show and see what they have on offer. And if you also use discount code PiperFun, you get an additional discount on top of the 50% off on the products he's already offering. I actually dropped like 170 bucks there last week. I got so carried away. Um, there isn't, <laughs> yeah, with a discount, mind you. So by all means, guys, take it upon yourself to scope that one out. There's I'm sure I will too. There's a hey, lot of treasure is to be found. Absolutely. This is the perfect time to have a break because Scotty P, as we know, sent in uh, a beautiful animation that no one has seen yet. So uh, for those who are maybe new to the podcast, because you're here to see Xavier, when we have our podcast, we have a, a beautiful guy in the wings and the shadows that makes animation clips from previous episodes. And this is one of them. So please enjoy. <laughs> Bob's asking if if you or if you or I, Jace, have any kangaroo injury stories. I, I, when when I used to ride my kangaroo to school, um, I fell out a few times. What about you, Josh? You ever fall out of your kangaroo? Never fallen out of your kangaroo, mate. They are in the wild, like a lot, but we don't like interact with them as much as maybe you're thinking. Most of the time, it's it's uh, kangaroos fighting with cars that are driving past, but it's not just <laughs> people. Um, for those who don't know, my my grandma actually. Up north of Queensland, she is um, a wildlife a rescuer. She's a, yeah, she's a kangaroo. Yeah. Um, no, she's like the the main um, wildlife carer. So everyone brings like these injured animals to her, and she's always looking after like six joeys at a time. She'll have a possum, a baby possum that just like sits on her head. I don't know. Forty years she's been doing this. So. Oh, fantastic. I, you know, uh, I generally still see kangaroos around my area. I'm five kilometers from the city, but I live right on the Yarra River, which I go mountain biking down. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to like stop on the trail because there's a massive kangaroo there. Like one time, one was acting like a bouncer. There was just as, as someone annoying. It was a climb covered by trees and I had to get through a gap. It was maybe not more than about a <laughs> foot and a half, right? And the guy stood yeah. like the kangaroo just stood there, like flexing on me because those things are axed, right? It looked like they hit the gym and they pound protein powders. 
Yeah. And it was just stopped there. And I stopped and I look at this thing and we stare at each other for like a good 20 seconds. And I just went, how do you want to do this? Yeah. And then, it no- just, and then looked, just looked at me and then it just sort of like just moved itself around like to be like, like, like just like swung like a door and it was like, you may pass. <laughs> and I'm like, well, thank you, kangaroo. <laughs> dick yeah like thanks thanks mate they're yeah they're massive they're massive here in australia but yeah. i love the the double the double play on words saying that uh baby joeys and for those listening you got to watch it because he's made all the joeys into the friends character of joey i mean where do you come up with this stuff mate it's just you know yeah stuff oh, of a shout genius. out shout out to our boy bob possible who actually got um you know his face seen on the animation i actually had the pleasure of hanging out with bob possible last week my goodness what a genius and what a lovely person. Bob, I know you're listening right now, but I, you were literally the best part of my week last week. So thank you so much for hanging out. Like, it was <laughs> such a pleasure. You were such a genius. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's so right. Thank, All right. You, thank you very much. Now, I think it's oh, time yeah. we welcome back our wonderful guests. Welcome Let's back, bring Xavier. back. Perfect segue. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, no worries, no worries. We're just glad, you know, we've got you here amongst all your crazy touring and making videos. Someone asked, uh, speaking of, I, they probably watched your uh, your last video. It comes from Ace Cunnings. Are you afraid of heights? Is that a thing? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> uh, it was, it was a crazy one. It was, uh, no, uh, you, you, and you know what? You don't think about it. You just go for it and it's 30 seconds of your life and you have to do it. So <sighs> I just... Just did it. <laughs> so how, how long ago? Oh, sorry. Go on, Josh. How long ago did you come up with your your height stunt? Your levitating with with your skipping Jump ropes. Rope. Yeah. Um, it was uh, ten years ago, actually. I it's it's funny because I <clears throat> I had this dream vision um, of of someone flying with the drum rope. I don't know why. It's just you know sometimes you have like little things. And it was not even a magic trick. It was just an idea. Some, and, and I was like, wow, that would be cool because it would suggest that you don't have nothing around you if you uh, skip a rope mm. around you. And I call uh, a friend and I tell her about the, the, the whole thing. And she's like, you've got to do that. You you've just have to do it. I say, but it's impossible. It's like, you got to find a, a way to do it because it's, it's great. And... <clean throat> I I go I was in Cirque du Soleil at the time and I I go grab some things you know to uh, to do my test and I go into the park <laughs> looked like stupid and I did it and it worked and I was like well you know this is the, one of these moments where you like you, you know you found something <laughs> so it, it was uh, it was miraculous and I, and I sent the video she's like ah that works that's amazing and then this is this has become one of my uh, uh, tricks that I do all the time. So yeah, it's it is one of the best pieces of magic I've ever seen. And that's the thing about your magic; it's so unique and original. And there's a level of like I don't. Even, I'm not even going to call it like I'm not even going to like disrespect you and call it thread or anything like. I'm just going to say your magic powers that you have that you <laughs> that we've all seen on social media. What I'm so curious about is that how do you make it happen? I have ideas where I go. I want to make this happen. And you've been able to make them happen, like every single one of them come to fruition. Is it because you are that much of a genius you can figure this out yourself? Or is it because you have a team and other resources you can lean upon? Do you get an opportunity to talk to other magic creators? Do you hang out with Steinmeier and go, I have an idea? Like, how is it you can bring all of your beautiful ideas to life? And are there any ideas that you're willing to share that are going to come to life? Okay. Or that couldn't come to life. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I worked, I would say, 90% alone. Uh, so, yeah, I just found myself doing the thing and I, I kind of like envisioned the whole thing. I spent, for example, today four hours driving around Las Vegas to find the right location for a new uh, idea that I had. And I think I found it. <laughs> so, as yeah, a lot of like looking for and going there and taking your phone and kind of like film and then you go see the owner and it's like hey we're doing youtube videos but <clears throat> uh the tricks it's more like yeah 
I, I, I work with the, so Ayala is always giving me good advices on like the, the technicality and oh no, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can do it this way. Uh, we work a lot together. I work with uh, John Sheets, uh, who helps me too. Uh, I've been working with Danny Garcia and uh, Rodrigo Navarro, who are here in Vegas. It's friends of mine. I like to sometimes just talk, you know, because when you have an idea, it's not very clear. And then you want to sell it to someone and you, you just talk about it and you realize nah, that part doesn't work. And your brain kind of like jumps and find a solution while you're talking to that person because you want to keep their attention, you know, mm. <laughs> and you want to get out of your like problem zone, you know. So um, talking about what I do is, uh, I would say, a, a, a lot of the work because when I talk about it, when I say my, when I say my idea to someone, I will fix it I, and then I go back to my paper and like and someone that and sometimes that's some that person that um, that helped me uh, that that listens to me is like oh well you that and that and there's uh, often ideas that come <clears throat> but it's uh it's mostly a, a, a lone work I I wish I could work with more people I really want a team with more people um I I didn't uh, sometimes I'm very specific on what I want to do, so it makes it difficult for others to enter my world. Uh, mm. But yeah, it's it's a fun job, and I and I love uh, doing that and being creative and getting more ideas. It's funny because <clears throat> at first uh, I um, I was afraid of not having any more ideas because I came up with some ideas that was great, and then I had a month. I was like, I I was putting three videos in a row that was bad. I was like. This is the end for me. <laughs> this is over. <laughs> and then the next month, I put a video that is incredible. And then it lasts for six months. And then boom, again, and no idea. And so it goes like this, you know, you kind of like go in waves and you have good ideas and then no ideas and then good ideas. And just keep going. And I think it's like the stock market, you know, at the end, it just go up. And this is when you're up on top, you're like, oh, this is what I did. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Is the idea to just do every idea, like whether it's good or bad, just explore it so that you know it's bad, you can move on, you know it's good, explore it further? Like, is it just action immediately? Like, what's the thought process there? Um, no, there's many processes. Uh, the first process is to write down whatever I have in mind. So on my phone, on a piece of uh, a post-it, on a, uh, on, a, on a paper, anywhere, you know, and I, I write all these ideas and <clears throat> I kind of organize them on a paper and I put them one after another. And then every morning I would take like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I review all the ideas. I'm like, oh, that one excites me. I'm gonna work on that today. Uh, oh, that one, that, that's a cool idea. And among 50 ideas, there are probably 10 that I'm gonna, or maybe less that I'm gonna really be excited about. So yeah, it's not every idea that's great. Far out. And, and what's the team like, like in, in video production world? <clears throat> you mentioned you'd like to work with more magicians, but like how many people are involved in the Xavier team? Like when you're producing something like that? So, uh, as I said, when we build and uh, get the ideas, it's, I work mostly with, uh, John Joaquin and, uh, and Rodrigo. Um, then the, the team that films, uh, it, it varies, but I have, uh, two, um, friends of mine who uh, have their film production. They, they have, good equipment and they just uh, come we do just two people I, I try to keep it small because otherwise you go see the stores they're like oh we're gonna be 10 people and they're like oh no you cannot do that here while uh, if yeah. you're like three if you're three or four that means me plus two spectator and the camera crew plus a couple of lights you're fine you know they, they would accept more easily to do it and shootings are usually between uh, one hour and two hours so we don't bother too much uh, mm. one hour is kind of like you know, we, so the way we do it mostly is that we, the setup is the, is, is the biggest part because <clears throat> the trick, you can imagine, it's like five seconds at the end. But I would do my trick maybe 10 times before the spectator comes. So when they come, we can have a reaction the first time. Because if you, mm. if you miss your trick and then you have to redo it, you know the reaction is going to be fake. So mm. the second time is okay, but the third time you're like, ah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you wasted and your time today. <laughs> that's something really important. I think people need to to understand too, is you mentioned, you know, 
the store that you're shooting in has to say yes or no. So obviously, you know, it's almost like you're treating your videos like a TV show, like a segment, right? Yeah. So the production, you know, the, the planning, the scouting for a place, you actually, they actually have to say, yes, you can do this here. But amongst all of that production, the spectator is still unknowing of what's going to happen, which is crazy because a lot of, you know, times when this is a show and and being filmed and stuff like unfortunately they probably do know what's happening and they have to still like try and you know enjoy the magic but it's it's uh, it's always the law of uh who's going to be the bigger audience uh do you want to do a show for two people who are going to be here that you know are going to forget anyways or do you want to do it for millions of people who are going to see you so Yes, they're not aware why, because we want, it, we want to treat it like it's real. We want to treat it like uh, hyper-reality. We want to make sure that the audience reacts to a real magic trick. Now, do they see what the audience sees on the camera? Not always. Why? Because the angles, because of this and because of that, because you work for the camera and not for them and you want to still have them in the shot. So sometimes I would say they would see a sleeve or a, or a top it or whatever, you know? But... What I've noticed is that the, in the end, the performance is king. Because when I do uh, the lemon can, uh, orange uh, canary, it's such a dance. And I go here and I take the egg and it disappears and the orange. And then poof, the bird appears. And the girl is like, what? You know, and, and they know they have seen part of little things, but still the performance is uh, great. And also it's calculated to look great uh, for the camera at the, sa- uh, at the same time we want the audience we want the millions of people to see the best and it's the same when you go to a concert and suddenly and they film the concert you know and suddenly they say hey guys we're gonna redo that song over okay okay and they know they know that the people at the concert are gonna forget about that but in the end this is the millions of people who are gonna watch the concert are gonna say something seamless just because the guitarist messed up at this point you know so smart yeah, so so well thought out too. I mean, that's and that you found like the best way to do it. <laughs> like even if they see some things, if at least there's a big ending that they had no idea about, they're yeah. still going to react and yeah. it's still yeah. going to play off to the to the the viewers. Yeah. Wow. So do you even need a Netflix special or you know, <laughs> you're probably getting the same amount of views pumping out these segments on your own channels. No, you're getting better you you you're getting more views than if you had a Netflix special, that's for sure. 100%. However, uh, now here's the thing. Social media, when you see the numbers, and I can say, I, like, the jump rope that you were talking about, uh, I think it got 150 million on Facebook. It's <laughs> over 30 or 40 million on YouTube. I would say another 20 on TikTok and 60 on, on Instagram. So that would place it around 300 million views, all right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's great. And it's incredible. But you have to realize you're not talking about 340 million people who live in the U.S. or how many are in Australia, right? How many people, like 30, 40 million do you have? Mm. Yeah, yeah, we got a couple. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, and or 60 million that are in France. We're talking about 6 billion people, 8 billion. Let's not count the Chinese because they cannot watch anyways. But we're talking about, like, a lot of people. So the number... It's like you're a fish in a much bigger pond, you know? <laughs> mm. so, so it's it's harder to get famous, but everyone knows you all around the world. There's a video that I did. It's incredible. I, I, I did a, a, a pedal to egg, and I see the analytics and who watched my video. And that video had like 30% of the viewers were in Uzbekistan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, What? And I'm sure there's tons of people who, who know me in Uzbekistan and I've never been there and I would probably never go there. Is, it, is that the metric you would use in order to uh, like maybe plan a tour? Because there's a lot of people yeah. uh, on our chat asking, when are you going to tour and come and visit us? Would you use a metric like that to say, yeah. hey, Uzbekistan, we've got some fans there. Let's do some shows there. Let's go yeah. to Oz. You would? 100%. Everybody, and, uh, everybody I, I, needs to I don't, I don't. I don't know if I have... I. I don't. See, I never see Australia in in my uh, analytics, but I know, for example, that if I when I went to Mexico, a lot of people knew me. Uh, I know Brazil is very big, India too. Um, so there's countries like that that, are, that pop out in my analytics. But uh, and US, of course, is always the first one 
first one. Funnily, uh, no one in France is. <laughs> wow. They've just, they're like, oh, you've left us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, there's a lot of people, but France is such a small country that even if there's a large mm. percentage of the population, it's going to be what? One million people who follow you from France. And while you have like 20 million in the US, it, it's, it, it doesn't, you know, it, you can't see it at the bottom of the thing. So, but comparatively, you're, you have a bigger audience here. And I, I, I don't know about Australia, but definitely <clears throat> if I go on tour, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, uh, check my Facebook and Instagram and say, hey, whoever is in Australia, I'm going to send a, a message uh, that I'm on tour and hopefully sell tickets, you know. Yeah. It's amazing. You- the power of that is tremendous. Do you find a difference in your videos, Xavier, when you're speaking and not speaking? Some videos, it's quite heavy and it's like, watch this come here, you know, like you're yeah. going through the pane of glass Very at the bus stop. <laughs> yeah. Is there a difference in views because yeah, of the yeah, language? Yeah, of course. Like, for example, I um, um, I just released, uh, like you were talking about Netflix. So I wanted to have my Netflix show and I did my, uh, I treat my YouTube like a Netflix show and I released an episode. It's a real episode. Like you would see, like you would see that episode you say, yeah, that would have been a Mind Freak or a David oh. Copperfield special you, you can check it's the last video that i released on youtube the jump rope was part of it and the thing with the lemon that was dancing around um so uh, i did a full storytelling episode with a theme and everything and uh that video got less views than the pure like visual performances why because there's a lot of talking and it's an english audience they're gonna follow like all the spanish people they're not gonna like click on the thing, even though I have some uh, visual elements. <clears throat> but when I do my TikToks and the short videos uh, on YouTube, uh, there's nothing to understand. So you just watch the thing and it goes everywhere in the world. So yeah, this is where you get the big numbers. Wow. They've, you've heard it here, folks. Do you, Someone asked as well, do you speak more than, like how many, or obviously you do, but how many languages do you speak? Just <laughs> two or a few? Or <laughs> no, I, I speak a few languages. I've, I've been touring uh, in Europe. We've got many of them. So I know also Japan and, and Korea. I learned a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Wow. So do you learn to do your specific act in those languages? Or you yeah. can... Yeah, I'm going have, to, uh, to uh, Saudi Arabia next uh, weekend. They sent me the script in Arabic. I'm not saying I'm going to say no. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm going to say it all in Arabic. But the, the beginning, salam alaikum, you know all these things. I can't mm. do it. Yeah, it's it's like it's yeah. just a bunch of words you learn them by heart. And <laughs> I, I wonder what Arabic with a French accent sounds like. <laughs> That's got to be one of a kind. <laughs> yeah. Right? I just imagine it sounds sexually aggressive, kind of in a cool way. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> now we, we um yeah Xavier we have people uh send in voicemails like voice messages to us and yeah. uh we have a gentleman named Alex from uh Greece well he lives in Scotland but he's from Greece very Can thick heavy, heavy accent yeah and he sent in a question we're just going to play it and um hopefully you've got to we'll see what answer we come up with thank you Alex hello Xavier and magic guys my name is Alex Kuvatas and my question for you, Xavier, is what is a close-up or a parlor trick that you personally believe most magicians perform poorly? And what would your approach be if you wanted to improve it by 75%? Also, thank you for elevating magic in such high grounds. Have a good day, everybody. Alex, ladies and gentlemen, very specific too. You only you have to improve the effect by seventy five percent or the magic plot, not seventy four. Um, yeah, yeah. So, what are your thoughts? Is there an is there an effect or plot you think is maybe being approached the wrong way by magic or or presented? Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's so many magicians with so many versions of every tricks that it's hard to come mm. up with something better than anyone. Uh, do I have personally something in close up or parlor that I uh, improved? I mean. <clears throat> It's it's a lot about the presentation, but in the end, you know, it's a lot like the effect is the effect. You, you can improve the effect; it's not gonna affect any any of the audience perception. It's more like why why do you do that? I, I think you could improve seven. My way of improving seventy five percent on any trick would be to justify it. Why do you do that? 
what is the reason why you want me to choose a card or get this thing in my hand, you know? So that's what's going to make the difference. And every time I do a trick, every time I do a performance and you can look at my videos and, and my shows and everything, there's always a reason behind it. And this is why I do very seldomly card tricks because to me, it appears that when you start a card trick, it's like, hey, I'm going to do a trick. So that's the reason. And I can't find any other reason except if I might uh, poke a table and I change the cards in aces, which is, oh, that's magical. Yeah, if I was a magician, I would do that. So that's my way of uh, improving uh, the tricks. It's like Harry Potter wouldn't carry around a deck of cards if he's doing magic. <laughs> yeah. Right, I guess. <laughs> no, that, that's, yeah, that's it. That's, that's the way that I see magic. I want I want to be able to say, hey, what if I was a real magician? What, how would I do that? This effect is amazing. Why would I do that? You know, just to trick people or to make them feel some like uh, magical moment in their life. You certainly present your magic as someone who like just has magic happening around them constantly. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Do you genuinely walk about life doing that? Like when you go to the grocery store, do you genuinely take like an apple or an orange and be like, this is ripe enough. And then you <laughs> pretend to put it in the basket and they go, excuse me. And you're like, it's here still. Like, do you generally <laughs> do that playfully in a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, no, it's a lot of setup. So you have to, uh, <laughs> I mean, I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. Let's say I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> in my dreams. No, it's yeah. a lot of setup. So, but yeah, of course, I mean, who, who doesn't like, you'd never go to a, a, a bar and you just do a, this and you, you know, it's. <laughs> I, th I think a good question is Ace Ace Cunnings here is saying like, what is your go-to effect or what is your everyday carry? Do you, is there something that you do like? Yeah, and I use it. Uh, I even use it in my videos. For ex I, I never filmed that effect for real, but the double cross one is just an amazing thing that happens mm. instantly that uh, kills everyone instantly. So what I do is I always have it in my pockets when I film, and. When the spectator waits, like for example, we're fixing the lights or something, I do the double cross and it kills them. And so now I, I have ground to make them uh, believe in magic. Ah, oh, beautiful. Actually, that that's very pertinent because we so we do a segment on here called gig stories where we tell just a crazy story that happened at a show or an or an event. And um, I've got one that's just like what you're like with that same prop. Maybe we'll do this segment and uh, we'll give Xavier. We'll, we'll go first, Nick, you and I, so David gets a chance because we didn't tell him about this. <laughs> but the idea is like to think of one of your shows or a gig or something where just something wild happens. Can be good and or bad. But um, let me find, here's our little stinger. So gig stories, of course, as you mentioned, is just a little moment in magic between gigs or just day-to-day -day life. We just want to share these stories with you fine people for posterity, starting with Josh. I'm dying to hear your story. Yeah, so you already mentioned Double Cross. Now, I I have a, a habit of losing mine because, like, it's just a Sharpie, so it's so easy for it to, to fall out. So I'm on my third one now, So I, and I only buy them because I've lost them. So I bought one, but I, I love to do a presentation with the heart the heart version. Oh, yeah. And because I only just got my, my new one ordered, I hadn't actually adapted it to the heart yet, but I went to my event and I did the whole presentation with the heart. So I drew this heart on flash paper. I do this whole presentation, disappears, da, 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 and I open the hand and it's a cross. <laughs> <laughs> However, everyone, but what's funny is my brain didn't, didn't compute that I'd done it wrong. Like I hadn't clicked that I'd done something wrong and they reacted the same way they would react. Yeah. No difference. And it wasn't until I was driving home that I went, Oh my God, I did that so wrong, but hang on. Everyone still reacted the exact same way. <laughs> and it, it kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, so is there even a point? Like, does it matter? <laughs> what the th what what shape it is like it's just that something was there that was really the effect but anyway that was just my little brain fart moment didn't oh God, change it you, but they still reacted what if you drew a penis and that happened that would be so crazy yeah I, yeah they'd still react you know but yeah that's my that, that's my gig story what what do you got nick 
I I just have a, a neat little story that I think is is a very cute moment. So I was performing at one of my residencies, and I um, I come across this a lovely, lovely young lady who had just sort of exuded some high anxiety based sort of you know, being in the public. And a lot of people suffer from that sort of type of thing. And I was doing my coin magic as I love doing. And um, after I was finished performing, uh, I handed her one of my Morgans. And uh, she was like, oh, I love these. Like, because she's very textural because she had autism, she was explaining to me. And it was just very, te- and she was like, oh, I love stuff like this because I just find it really calming. And I, want, I watched her from being like so nervous about being around so many people to just being so calm. And she was like, I wish I had something like this. And I just said to her, would you like to keep it? And she was like, seriously. And I said, yes. Like, so I let her keep one of my Morgan dollars, um, which I mean, I love, I've, I've, I buy them seldom and they're quite expensive, but I was just like, keep that. I go, and just remember me. That's, that's all I ask. And she was so happy that she just like hugged me. And I hope that she still has it to this day. And I hope that when she's out in public and she is feeling that little bit nervous that she holds that coin, thinks of me and, is able to make it through those situations. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Look at that. And yeah, she probably, yeah, I'm sure she still has it till this day. Wow. Yeah, I hope so. Now, Xavier, what, what have you got? Surely you've done some, you know, events for billionaires where it's just like it's wild or like a show, just something crazy's happened. Some drunk person's done something. What, what uh, can you tell us? <laughs> there's one thing that uh, that's going to bounce onto uh, your story. I, a long time ago, I was performing for um, <clears throat> a very famous uh, writer in France, and I did the book tests, and I missed the words. It was the wrong words that I predicted. It's uh, it was an impromptu one, you know, where you see the number of the pages, but but I didn't realize that I missed it. And he played with me. This is the worst. He even played with me, and. And everyone was like, and I was, and it, like you said, everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. And after that, he's like, he's, no, I think I realized that I had it wrong or something. That's something that happened that I knew was wrong. Oh, no. And and then after the show, he's like, uh, the, the thing is like, yeah, you know, I, I, I figured because, you know, I didn't want to put you in a bad situation. But I realized that everyone and the whole energy and everything was like so believing in like this you know how you spread your energy, and this is why I think your your cross worked because you were like Doug Henning. Wow, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Oh wow! I mean, a book. Me, yeah. So, but anyways, wow. the, the 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 story that I have, uh, maybe not the it's 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 pretty crazy, but it's maybe not the best one. I uh, I was doing my jump rope act and I fell. <gasps> On my head, I was spinning in the air. I fell on my head, and I went blackout. <laughs> and peop- and the curtain closes, and I and I don't realize that because I'm passed out. Oh, and no. people think it's the end of the show. They're like, oh, cool. <laughs> and I had, a, I had a review on TripAdvisor saying the next day they said the the end was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Holy! Like, yeah, and I wake up in the dressing room like with people like going crazy around me. Hey, what's happening? I you fell, uh, you know. So, <laughs> holy! Wow! Because how far? How far? How high are you in your show? Because obviously you got a roof. Like you're only yeah, limited yeah, yeah. to a certain so height. I was uh, I was in a smaller room, so I was not that high, which prevented me from actually dying. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, it's, I I changed the system since then that I will never get into that problem again. Wow, I I remember seeing that clip of um, Pink on tour and like oh, yeah. she uses wiring and stuff to yep. to go over the audience and one came apart and it just threw her to the side because of the tension and yeah. like you got to be careful with that any yep. anything that's you know putting you at risk. Like, what do you think in, you know, you've seen, we've seen some of the greatest magicians shove a spike through their hand now. Darren Brown's done it. David Blaine's done it, but he likes to do it. You know, what are your thoughts on like putting yourself at risk for your art. the art? I mean, why not? This is, uh, this is what we do. <laughs> no, no, I mean, we have, we have to do it. It's, uh, if we don't want to do it, we don't do it. And if, if it's our choice and it, it helps us like 
fulfilling something, I mean, why not? And I respect a lot what Blaine does. I think sometimes it's too much and it, it's too much risk for whatever he gets uh, from the audience. Like, what about you do fumbles in uh, uh, sponge balls, you know? Um, but no, you want to you wanna spike your hand or getting a bullet for real in your mouth. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I think it's amazing yeah. because it fulfills something for him. It makes him being who he is. Does he get like too much attention from that? No, you won't get attention because you're crazy. But <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, you know, you, you can get it different ways. But I, I would do it and I've done it, yeah. So, I mean, there's certainly like a risk to reward with what you're talking about. But Tim asked the question that after your fall, how much downtime did that cause? Like, how long did that set you back? Nothing. I Next show I was on. And this is not the only time, actually, that I fell. I, I do a thing with shadows uh, where I do I play with my, the, my, my shadows. And during that act, I'm spinning like 90 degrees. And oh, one day... Yes. I fell on my head again. That's my be why I'm so. <laughs> at least uh, that one. At least that one is like very close to the yeah, ground, it was right? That much from, the rotation. I fell on my head and I kind of like twist my neck and I'm like, uh, and I was walking like this, and uh, I go see the Cairo. Like it was like three hours before the show, and I it was in in France, and I go see the Cairo, and he goes clack boom clack, and he's like, okay, two weeks out. And I was like, okay. And I take my, my prescription and I go back to the room and he said, what did he say? He said, it's okay. And we did the show. <laughs> I think you keep hitting your head because your brain is so dense and so brilliant and so filled with beautiful ideas of magic that, that like, I'm surprised you don't walk around with like your neck bent the whole time, which is why you just keep hitting it. Like I'm trying to hold yeah. up all the amazing magic in my brain, you guys. Sorry about that. It just keeps falling around. Wow. So... <laughs> Moving forward for that, because, you know, we've got like maybe another five minutes of time here with Xavier. And uh, anyone left, throw some questions in here who's watching this live. We'd love to answer them um, with you here. But, you know, moving forward, you're doing so much and, you know, you've obviously spent so much time working on your acts that you perform live. And now you're also putting so much time into your online shows and performances and pieces. Like, where do you find your time moving forward? Like, what's your focus um i i really want to keep uh, going online and do better and better magic um i think this is the future and i think this is uh this is the momentum that i have um i'm doing less shows right now uh but i still love performing um so yeah that's the future and let's say when i've done what i do what i wanted to do online and everything i might go back to perform every day in vegas or something yeah the then you'll be at that, that level you talked about where you're such a global star that you can go back to Vegas again. Or not, you, ne you never know. <laughs> but yeah, you, you definitely go back to Vegas to have your regular gig and, and that's a mm. fun thing to do, you know, until you, you want to stop for forever. It's funny because uh, I, like, I don't know you, but my entire life since I'm 20, I was not supposed to be a magician and never intended to be a magician. I never dreamt of being a magician. And every year, I'm like, why, why should I stop now? Or, you know, like, what drives me? Like, why would I continue doing that? <laughs> well, off the back of that, you were saying, like, you know, like, when do you stop? Do you ever see yourself getting a protege or a student? Like, and if you did, like, what sort of qualities would you like in that student? How long would it take to bring him up to your level? Like, do you ever think about that? Um, well, I think I'm... I'm not at this uh, like stage in my life. Uh, I think it's like something that you see coming naturally when you get older, I guess, you know, like Jeff McBride and people like that who even Ayala, I feel like, you know, uh, Ayala took kind of like care of me because he's like, oh, this young kid, he wants to do it. And uh, he's got the ideas and he has the drive. So let's let's do it with him. And he's passing along a lot of uh, his knowledge and Maybe it's going to happen, maybe not. And I, I mean, this is another stage of life. It's, uh, life is interesting mm. at every little stage, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and for the magicians watching this, you know, they all, I, I included, dream of, of having the success both in performing and videos. But like, if we talk about videos for a moment, like what, is there a framework, like a general framework that you think magicians should try to approach when making videos, like obviously you need them to stop 
somewhat, you know, stop the scroll <laughs> to watch you. But, yeah, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I, I can give you a few advices. Um, so f- uh, there's actually a lot, but I'm going to give you the big, big points. So first, mm. don't wave and say your name. That's, I've seen so many magicians do that. It doesn't work. Uh, people don't care. They want to see content. They don't care about you. They care about what they're going to see. They want to be entertained. So start with the magic. Start with something that's going to say, I'm going to do this. For example, if you you have to, <clears throat> if I come and there's two girls and I pick up something from like a, a, an egg from her hand or a, an orange, it's like, oh, there's a situation, a guy is doing that and what's going to happen? So you have to keep them engaged. You have to say, oh, you, I want to see what's going to happen. Okay, so you kind of tell a story. When you pick a card, you already know what's gonna happen. That's why it doesn't work online. That's why you never see a magician doing a card trick game viral. Because if you say pick a card, you know the magician is gonna get it, so you're not interested, next. And I'm gonna watch a video about uh, artificial intelligence, for example, that's more interesting. Mm. The what is going to happen is very important. Like, it has some. It has to be something that's gonna be like, what I, 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 you will not and you can you can watch like someone you should sh- follow and watch is Mr. Beast if you want to learn how to make videos because he gives all his secrets online and and it's very it's, it's, he's very generous with that so mm. uh, that then you have to finish at the end you, you can't like put your uh, logo and stuff like just finish that's it why because people are not going to watch your logo they're not interested in your name again they're going to click on you and say who is this guy uh i have one person who follow me every thousand views i think or something or or ten thousand views i don't remember oh, wow. but yeah but, but that's that's the law that's the game and everyone's the same except if you're a cute girl who dance i uh, have naked in your room you have more followers <laughs> But in my in my niche, this is what it, so so that one person, this is the person that I want to touch because that person is gonna follow me. They're gonna remember my name. They're gonna watch my videos. They're gonna buy my merch. They're gonna go see my show. Mm-hmm. And the, the other ones, I don't care if they don't see my logo. They just see me, and at some point, they're gonna remember me uh, after. So that's the second thing. The third thing: be visual. If you talk too much, uh, you're gonna have a niche that is. Um, uh, restricted, uh, but it's good, still good. And um, uh, invest in your videos. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like, <clears throat> uh, I always work a lot on the lighting and the sound. Like, I can hear my videos that I did at the beginning. I'm like, oh, that's awful. <laughs> but now I know exactly. I mean, I know exactly how to light and how to put the sound so it looks. It still look like it's made at home or it's made like take my phone and film me but it's very very produced and you have to have that quality because people are not mistaking they're going to see the difference mm. how important is the quality of of content that you put versus the frequency because some people just have this notion that you got to just keep putting content three bits a day four yeah. times a week eight times a week like what do you think so <clears throat> I had this discussion with someone at YouTube recently uh, because that's what he said to me. I was, he's like, you're doing so great, man. We're so proud of you. And, um, and he said, but could you upload more? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but you know, like the, the tricks and the, the, the hours I put in every video is just insane. I cannot do more than that. You know, I'm already working from morning to night. And... But if you look at my videos, I on YouTube, for example, I probably have like maybe five videos under a million views. And every video is like boom, boom, boom. And this is what he said we call unicorns. So there's, there's a different uh, approach. Either you're like um, uh, uh, someone that I really enjoy uh, who does a great job is Mark, Mark Rober. I don't know if you heard of him. Uh, he's on the internet and he publishes every month, but everyone, every time he publishes, it's like 20 million, 30 million. And it's amazing. It's quite high quality. And, and there's the other influencer who have a, a wider range. It's easier to produce videos because sometimes they're just based on just talking or comedy or visual things that like Kabi Lime, the, the guy is super famous, the black guy is super famous. Uh, it's super easy for him to, to produce a, 
a face like that. You know, it's more easy than coming up with a new magic trick every time. <clears throat> mm. So at that point, you can you can you can miss because if you publish three videos a day, after three days you're gonna have a video that hits. So it's a different um, approach, but both works. Uh, the only thing that you have to know is there's no time to post. You just post and you go. The algorithm is gonna do the same. Uh, you can, I mean, you, you can try to have an audience tuning in uh, like you do with a live show because you're building an audience. Uh, but if you just post your videos, just go for it. it. It doesn't matter if you it's eight in the morning or it's gonna go faster if it's eight in the morning in the US, which is uh, I don't know what time in Australia. <clears throat> Uh, probably t 12 or something now. Uh, so if it's better at that time because uh, a wide portion of the world is awake. So that means there's more people on social media. But so your video is going to be uh, fast, high fast, but then it's going to get a dip. Uh, but other than that, the time doesn't work, uh, matter. Yeah. So just give it a try. Once you figure out like the thing that's working for you, yep. then enhance the, the quality on that, right? Which is exactly what we're seeing from Xavier. And look, I understand <laughs> Xavier's time is very tight today. He literally ran to the podcast today um, so he could fit it in. And we thank you so much, man. We're going to, um, you know, guys, keep putting your comments after this and we'll get back to you and follow Xavier. All his links are in the description below. But Xavier, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. We normally end the segment with this thing called the final word where you mm -hmm. give like some kind of advice to magicians. I feel mm -hmm. like you've given so much to everyone already. But um, we're going to play this little stinger. And if you have like one, you know, sentence that you want to end with a bit of uh, advice, we'll end the show with that. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching the show. And here is the final word. Take it I, away. <laughs> oh, sorry. It was my turn? Yeah, perfect <laughs> advice. Always be ready. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No, no, I was totally not ready. Uh, final world. Well, no, no, I haven't. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for uh, having me. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great pleasure. Uh, and I hope I come to Australia one day. Please do. Did, I, right, did guys. I tell you the, the story? <laughs> I had, I, I had an, a, a story in Australia, actually. I, so I went to Adelaide, but I have a friend in Adelaide and this friend is a lawyer and he's a lawyer for the Aborigines and he brings me to uh, the desert in Cooper Petty, which is uh, next to Alice Springs. And uh, he's like, oh, we're going to visit the thing because I have to, they, they produce a TV show and they don't want to do the thing on the sacred site. So I have to defend them. Uh, so we go there and he's like, hey, if you want to stay with the Aborigines, you can. I was like, sure, I'm going to stay you a couple of days. <laughs> so I stay and I, they kind of like super cold with me and they don't want to have to deal with me. So I have my little room here and I just stay. And one, and, and one day I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to leave because I was bored and there was nothing to do and they were not very nice with me. And I said, no, no, can you, can you, uh, can you stay tonight? We have a party with the girls that go to the, to the city, Adelaide. Uh, this is the first generation that goes uh, to study. I was like, sure. And at night, of course, and you know the ending, I bring my magic tricks and I do magic. And suddenly those guys, they become my best friends. It's amazing. And the guys like, they they uh, they, they hold me like, hey, we're going to show you the sacred site. And the next morning we wake up at 6 a.m. and we go with the Jeep in the desert. Like they were hunting wallabies and going to the sites. That was crazy. <laughs> so magic, magic is magic. Wow. That's it. Magic is magic. That's, that's just such a great story. I mean, you can connect with anyone anywhere, yep. right? If you share a moment like that, uh, it's beautiful. Well, thank you so much again, Xavier. Guys, you can rewatch this episode anytime on Spotify and iTunes, and you can follow Xavier everywhere. And uh, until next time, my friends, stay well. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.